I'm Rob Hennett with the H-Triangle Ranch in Pearsall, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, Texas farmers are looking forward to planting cotton. That's despite having an awful year last year. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Winter wheat may have something to say about what happens with spring planting in the Texas High Plains. I'm James Hunt and I'll explain that on Texas Ag Today. Neutral weather conditions are expected to begin within the next couple of months for the southwestern United States and Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have more on what's behind this weather prediction on Texas Ag Today. We spring around the corner in Texas for getting that gardening bug. Please join me, John Begnose. We talk about the green industry and plants that are at our nurseries in Texas. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Corn and milo seed are in the ground in south and central Texas, and there's probably some cotton planted in the Rio Grande Valley, but most of the Texas cotton crop is still waiting to get planted. And with farmers recovering from last year's disastrous drought and much lower prices, what will the outlook be for this year? Sean Holliday is a cotton grower in the La Mesa area, and he's the newly elected chairman of the National Cotton Council. You know, it's it's always amazed me. Uh, I grew up around it. I started driving a tractor when I was 11 years old. I was taught that way. You know, it's just like any other year. You just go out there and you do your thing, and the weather will, will, will be different every year. It's still pretty dry out there in our area, but that, that can change so quick. If you look back the past 30 or years or 50 years, it, however far you want to look back that we've been growing cotton in the high plains of Texas, it's not grower psychology and whether they want to grow or they don't want to grow. It's, if it rains, we have a crop. Or if it doesn't rain, we don't. So when the weather changes, there'll be cotton planted from turn row to turn row. Last year proved the value of the federal crop insurance program. And as the 2023 Farm Bill debate moves forward, preserving crop insurance is a big priority for many in agriculture. Across most of the country, they want that for sure to stay in place. And, you know, in our country, that's what we bank on. You know, if we don't have that good insurance product underneath our uh, bank notes, then you're not going to get operating loans. I think it's getting to be that way in many cases across the country. And uh, we have to have access to that. We don't need any harmful amendments that would give us a problem with any of the things we use in the insurance program. Holiday says preserving crop insurance and securing money for the Farm Bill safety net programs are the two top priorities for 
the National Cotton Council this year. Texas cattle feeders are pushing hard to put a federal cattle traceability program in place. Texas Cattle Feeders Association President and CEO Ben Weinheimer. Absolutely. It's uh, something that within TCFA uh, we've been advocating for a robust uh, electronic animal ID traceability system over 20 years now. So it's uh, it's been on our books for a long time as a policy to really encourage uh, this to go forward and be implemented so that we can uh, ensure that we're protecting the U.S. herd and demonstrating to our foreign exporters that we'll have a good handle on uh, any situation in the future uh, should we have an outbreak of a foreign animal disease in the U.S. Weinheimer says the National Cattlemen's Beef Association has a cattle traceability working group, and that group is working to implement some type of traceability program in the next two to three years. Winter wheat may have an effect on spring planting on the Texas High Plains. James Hunt has the story from Amarillo. As we talked about yesterday, for all the hardship that wheat in the Texas High Plains has gone through this season, there's still a lot of it out there. So much, in fact, crop insurance agent Rachel Myers believes winter wheat could affect spring planting. I do feel like our wheat acres were really up this year, and I feel like we have a lot more wheat that is looking like it's going to go toward harvest, or at least has the intention of going to harvest than we've had in the past, especially irrigated wheat. And so with that in mind, if more acres are going to wheat, obviously that's going to be taken away from some other crops. Like many others, Myers also believes there's potential for a drop in cotton acres in the Texas High Plains this year due to the slide in cotton economics since last spring. A year ago, we set an insurance price of $1.03. This past week, we set a cotton price of $0.84. Cents. So that's a pretty substantial decline in that price. And so just with the continued rising cost of inputs and everything else, I think that's put some pressure on the cotton acres. And it looks like those acres right this second look like they're going to be down a little bit. Myers also believes this will be another year where corn growers switch more acres from grain to silage. Whatever our local farmers are planning for this spring, if they're planning on having crop insurance, the sales closing date is coming up soon, as in March 15th. That is going to be that deadline to make any changes to your existing policy, coverage level changes, entity changes, adding crops, adding counties. Think about all your major policy things that you need to look at at that point in time. They all need to happen by March 15th. Rachel Myers owns Myers Crop Insurance in Claude. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Neutral weather conditions are expected to begin for our area of the country in the next couple of months. Tom Nicoletti talks with an atmospheric scientist about the upcoming change. According to the National Weather Service Climate Prediction Center, neutral conditions are expected to begin within the next couple of months and persist through the northern hemisphere in spring and early summer. This would be very good news for Texas. The prolonged drought from the La Nina weather pattern has certainly taken its toll on agricultural production over the last two years plus. Eric Snodgrass is Principal Atmospheric Scientist with Nutrien Ag Solutions. Now, we actually had La Ninas both of the last two years, but the one that came in 2022 
was much stronger through spring and summer than the one through 2021. And then effect of that was it led to that big blocking ridge we saw in summer, which really just damaged a lot of the crop. It was so terrible for example, for the cotton crop in Texas as well, because we spent, what was it like 30 to 40 days just in June, July, August with high temperatures above 100 degrees Fahrenheit. We had west winds with humidities down below 10%. And it was just a, a rough go of it. All of that because the jet stream was missing Texas. So that's why I focus so much on it. We're now actually seeing a much quicker end to this La Nina. And now what we've seen is the jet stream extending again. It's actually going to hammer into California in the near term. I'm sure you probably heard of some of the, the forecasts for California having what they call an atmospheric river event. That word atmospheric river is just referring to the jet stream. And it's going to be pushing a tremendous amount of moisture. That I like that for Texas. And here's the reason why. If we can bring that momentum from the jet stream across California through the Southwest, what it tends to do is it tends to bring in better moisture into Texas, draws in more Gulf moisture and improves our chances for getting some precipitation. That is Eric Snodgrass. He is Principal Atmospheric Scientist uh, with Nutrient Ag Solutions. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Spring is around the corner, and San Angelo horticulturalist John Begno says Texas gardeners are getting ready for the warmer weather. I had the opportunity last weekend to, to go through a lot of nurseries up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and it's amazing how fast they're shipping these plants, many of them grown right here in Texas, for sale to you and me. And it's kind of funny. We, we go in there, whether we're in a rural setting or an urban setting, we shop at these nurseries, whether it's a box store or a little mom and pop operation or some of the high-end nurseries, and we go looking for plants. It always happens that when we arrive, we see things we've never seen before, and we want to try them. The caution here is do as much research as you can. And you know, if you're in a, a nursery that has really good backing with service and they know what they're selling, they'll be able to help you decide whether it will grow where you are. And a lot of times you're going to have to get on the internet, Google it. You're going to have to do a little research. If deer is a challenge for you in gardening, then you'll have to see if it can survive the population pressures of deer and things like that. So it's it's impulse buying that many times result in plants that don't perform well in our landscape. So do a little research. And remember that seeds, vegetable transplants, herbs, shrubs, trees, all this stuff, even fertilizers are hauled in fresh to these nurseries starting now and in some places already in South Texas, they're planting some of these things. And so when we get to these nurseries, getting there when plants are fresh and healthy, before they've been around there for a long time and subjected to winds and drying out in the nursery environment is a good option for getting good, healthy plants and then bringing them home and putting them in the landscape or in the garden just as soon as you can. And remember that sometimes we buy more than we need. It's good to have a plan. Plan your vegetable garden out. Plan your landscape out. The worst thing you could do is buy a plant and then bring it home and decide then where it's supposed to go. This is John Begner reporting from San Angelo. After 50 years, a Texas state park located northeast of Waco has closed. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll explain coming up on Texas Ag Today. And English Bulldogs have a lot of health issues compared to other dogs. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. 
So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. English Bulldogs have a lot of health issues compared to other dogs. Dr. Bob Judd says it may be time for breed standards to change. A newly published study of the Royal Veterinary College has confirmed the extreme physical features of the English Bulldog puts the breed at increased risk of developing breathing, eye, and skin conditions. The shortened muzzle, folded skin, and squat body may make them cute, but these conditions also lead to major health concerns. Researchers in the United Kingdom examined the records of over 2,600 English Bulldogs and over 22,000 other breeds of dogs. The data reveal English Bulldogs were twice as likely to be diagnosed with at least one disorder compared to other breeds. English Bulldogs were originally developed as a muscular and athletic dog, but breeding has changed them to have a short skull, protruding jaw, skin folds, and a squat heavy build. This breed is 38 times more susceptible to skin fold dermatitis, 26 times more greater risk of a cherry eye, 24 times greater risk of an underbite, and 19 times greater chance of obstructive airway syndrome. As a practicing veterinarian, these findings go along with what I see in practice. English Bulldogs are an expensive breed to maintain because they have so many medical problems that are chronic in nature and may require lifelong treatment. This is stressful on the dogs and is financially and emotionally taxing for their owners. The findings of this study suggest that the overall health of English Bulldogs is much lower than that of other dogs. This is not to say English Bulldogs are not good dogs, as they are very good dogs in most cases. However, it does indicate that English Bulldogs are currently being selectively bred for conditions that causes them to have major health problems. But this can be corrected by breeding to change their conformation. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. After 50 years, a Texas state park has closed. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. This year, the Texas state park system is celebrating its centennial. And as we await the opening of the state's newest state park, Palo Pinto Mountain State Park in Strawn, the state mourned the loss of another park, Fairfield Lake State Park. David Yaskowitz, executive director of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, recently discussed the closure with the Texas Senate's Committee on Water, Agriculture, and Rural Affairs. The department acquired the state park in 1971 by a lease from Texas Utilities, now called Vistra, and opened to the public in 1976. The park, named after the 2,400-acre Fairfield Lake, saw more than 80,000 visitors this last year and provided activities such as horseback riding, family reunions, paddling, hiking, camping, and horseback riding. Fishing was also a huge activity within the state park and the lake, and the third most number of sherlunker bass was pulled out of this small lake. In September of 2018, Vistra notified the department that it intended to sell the entire 5,000-plus acre holding, including the park. In March 2020, the department had sought an agreement with Vistra to purchase the state park site of 1,800 acres, but Vistra would not consider a sale 
just of the parkland. The department was notified on February 13th of this year by Vistra that the lease for the park was terminated due to the impending sale of the property. Visitors lost access to the park, which is located in Fairfield, northeast of Waco, on February 28th. The department has $70 million worth of infrastructure that it will need to start to demobilize as best as it can, and staff members need to be relocated. Since the announcement of Fairfield's closure, members of the Texas legislature have filed bills for consideration that would prevent something similar from happening to other leased state parks in the future. The state owns most of our state parks, but continues to lease the land that 14 other state parks sit on. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmull. It's time to check the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle complex traded mostly higher on Wednesday thanks to a favorable report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. April live cattle down 52 cents to 165.45. June live cattle up a dime to 160.65. August live cattle up 7 cents to 160.17. Feeder cattle were also higher on Wednesday thanks to weaker corn prices and good demand. March feeder cattle up $1.62 to $193.75. April feeder cattle up $1.40 to $0.207. May feeder cattle up $1.95 to $206.15. Box beef was lower Wednesday, choice down $1.58 to $286.35. Select down $0.91 to $276.58. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Benny Cox is in San Angelo getting ready to do a sheep and goat sale. Benny, what's it looking like for you today? Well, we got 4,200. You know, that's what we've sold the last three weeks in a row. We sold right at 4,200. With improvement in the market, the last three weeks we saw these, especially these bigger lambs, jump up some, kind of, maybe they got cleaned up with a lot of those sheep they were getting from up north, those cheaper bull lambs. We're not quite where we were last week. That goat deal's really jumped up the last two weeks. We've seen a kind of a 30 to $40 jump. So we're talking about, you know, a lot of those uh, top-end goats bringing somewhere in that 60 to maybe closer to 80 cents higher than they were three, three or four sales ago. Like we're seeing lots and lots of these hair sheep lambs. How about the the special sale you got coming up? You know, I was looking yesterday, I've got right at 1,400 hair ewes, and that's not counting the lambs that are on them. Uh, there's a number of those things that'll be uh, you and lamb pairs. One guy, he's done that for a number of years already, and, and uh, he'll cut them into some smaller bunches. He's east of here and got some fields and stuff, and so he can get in there and pair those things up. One thing to keep in mind if you're listening is is we will sell a gate count out of those dry sheep. Now, we can't do it out of the pairs. The pairs have to be, you know, they, they we can't pair, pair them back up 
they'll sell whatever size groups they are. But right. um, we'll sell a smaller number. Somebody might want, you know, 20 or, you know, 40 head or whatever on some of those 100 groups or, or whatever. So that's something. Else. And we've got we've got about 700 nanny goats. Most everything's a well-grown-out yearling that's bred to, to uh, start lambing or kidding any time now. Matter of fact, some of those groups, they tell me they're, they're having some. They'll keep the, you know, probably keep those that have just had their, their lambs or their kids at home and send the, the heavy bred ones. So. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Benny. They call me on my mobile. It's 325-234-4277. Office, same area code, 653-3371. Or they can always look at the web, which is producersandgargyle.com. Well, neighbor, there's your livestock auction report. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. All right. Thank you, Larry. Lean hogs were higher Wednesday thanks to higher cash prices and pork cutout values. April lean hogs up 95 cents to 85.75. May lean hogs up 22 cents to 93.17. March class 3 milk fell 6 cents to 17.64 a hundredweight. April class 3 milk fell a dime to 17.51 a hundredweight. Cotton fell for the second day in a row Wednesday following Fed Chair Jerome Powell's announcement in front of Congress Tuesday. Powell said interest rate hikes are likely to be higher than previously anticipated. May cotton down 15 points to 82.62. July cotton down 33 points to 83.25. December cotton down 32 points to 83.21. March corn fell seven and a half Wednesday to six thirty-four and a half. May corn down eight and three quarters to six twenty-five and a half. September corn down nine to five sixty-eight and a half. Analysts say that could be due to lower than expected U.S. corn exports and reports that Brazil's corn crop is nearing harvest time and is looking good. March hard red wheat up one to eight oh six and a half. May hard red wheat up one to eight hundred and a quarter. July hard red wheat down two and a quarter to seven ninety one. March soybeans rose one and a half Wednesday to fifteen twenty six and three quarters. November soybeans fell two to thirteen seventy one and a half. April natural gas down eleven cents Wednesday to two fifty seven. May natural gas down ten cents to two seventy three. April crude oil fell a dollar nine to seventy six forty nine. May crude oil down a dollar eight to seventy six sixty four a barrel. The Dow fell 164 points Wednesday to 32,692. The S&P 500 fell 8 to 3,978. The Nasdaq rose 6 points to 11,536. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.